Greetings, my beautiful, wonderful friends, and welcome to Soul Prince Podcast. I'm your host, Akashic Beck, and I'm elated to be here with you today. This is the very first episode of my very own podcast, and what an incredible journey it has been to get to this point. I'm so excited to be sharing my stories with you the stories of my guests, and to relay a message of hope and encouragement for everyone that graces this passageway (laughs) of a podcast. So Soul Prince came to me as a desire, but also as guidance from my guides in the Akashic Records. So if you don't know... Um, what it is that I do. My name is pretty self-explanatory. I read the Akashic Records and channel your guides, angels, and ancestors and share stories of not only your past lives but your current life and potential timelines that you could experience based off of the choices that you make. I also share with you who your guides are and about your spiritual gifts. So that's what we're going to be exploring in this podcast is utilizing different aspects of ourselves in order to discover what our purpose is in this lifetime. The most commonly asked question that I get from my clients in an Akashic Record reading is what is my purpose? And of course, this question is not for me directly, but for their guides. And one thing that I want everybody to know, and I say this time and time again, and your guides say this time and time again, is that we have more than one purpose in this lifetime. And Soul Prince is a way to encourage you to do a deep dive and consider all aspects of your life whenever you're in search of meaning and purpose and confidence and building upon your spiritual gifts. In today's episode, I want to discuss how our spiritual awakening ties into discovering our purpose. And I also want to talk a little bit about my experience in discovering my own purpose and how the Akashic Records ties into all of that. So let's start from the beginning. Let's say you have just recently started experiencing a spiritual awakening and it looks different for everybody everybody is unique and therefore their experience is going to be unique however there are a few key elements that come into play whenever you are on this spiritual journey and one of the toughest being our dark night of the soul if you've never heard that term a dark night of the soul is basically an extremely difficult lesson in shadow work. What's difficult for one person may not be difficult for another, but it's going to be an upheaval in your life that makes you question everything. It could 
look like losing your job, losing a loved one, a relationship ending, a friendship ending, a forced move, uh, losing everything that you own. It could, it can look so vastly different for everybody. It could be a health issue. It could be just moving to a new city. It could be anything and everything that you could possibly imagine. But what this does is it sets the stage for you to be able to discover your own strengths, your spiritual gifts, and develop and expand you on a soul level. It's character, character building 101. It helps you better understand compassion. It makes you more understanding. And it forces you to look outside of the little bubble that you have created for yourself. You know, up until that point, everything that you had experienced was quote, air quotes, normal. And you find yourself in such, your life in such disarray and you, you are feeling like you're losing your grip on reality. And that's exactly what your dark night of the soul is meant for you to do is to let go of your perception of what is real and what is deemed reality for you. It's pushing you out of your comfort zone. Another common aspect of awakening is feeling deeply alone. Now, this looks different, like I said, for everyone, but in many, many cases of, of people that I have talked to about this subject in detail is you find yourself just completely and utterly alone. And it may be you feel alone because you are actually alone. You are physically not around anybody. But you just feel like nobody can comprehend where you're at or what you're feeling and experiencing. You could be surrounded by people, but you just feel so completely, utterly by yourself in this space and nobody could reach out enough or talk to you enough. And this is when people do start to notice like something's different with them. Um, you know, they, they used to be XYZ and now they're ABC and I don't understand what's going on with them. And they may pull away um, or they may want to try to get closer to you to try to reach out and help in some way. And God bless those people because, as you know, your spiritual awakening is nothing to play with. <laughs> and it will be the most life-transforming experience that you could ever have. So, another reason that people walk out of our lives during a spiritual awakening is because the universe is conspiring in our favor. And those people no longer resonate with you on a soul level. You may have been the best of friends. You may have been wonderful um, co-workers or business partners or whatever the case may be, but you just find yourself pulling away from those people. So once you have kind of come to terms with that aloneness, you start to realize that the reason why you feel alone 
or why you're meant to be solitary in this process is because you are discovering your new self. You're, you're meant to get comfortable in that aloneness because you don't discover who you are from other people. You learn who you are when you are by yourself. And that's not something that the world teaches us. We are encouraged to follow in everybody else's footsteps, especially people who have a lot of personality or have a lot of material things or, or maybe really just good, genuine people. But... They may have the best of intentions, but they're, maybe they're not living authentically. And the whole kit and caboodle of going through a spiritual awakening is so that you can live authentically and in alignment with your highest self. Well, you can't do that if you're constantly being subjected to everyone's projections and expectations and what they do or do not approve of. It's not about them. It is completely and totally personal to you. So please know that if you are in this stage of awakening, that it does get better. And if you're relationship oriented and you feel like you need to have people around you all of the time so you can feel safe or validated, know that that is just an aspect of ego that will dissolve with time. And that you're going to be okay. This can also instigate some depression and anxiety. And it might even make you do something that you wouldn't ordinarily do. Um, like go out and do something reckless. <laughs> almost like you're trying to get attention. But it's something that... Every single one of us has to grapple with. And you just have to learn how to honor where you're at in this process. So with all of that being taken into account, know that the reason why your world kind of comes crashing down around you is because it is eliminating the projections and the expectations and the illusions that the world has placed upon you and your reality. And whenever you're coming into your spiritual awakening, this is a time to create your world. Instead of your world being created for you, you get to decide what your world looks like going forward. And this is how you really get to know yourself. You get to discover spiritual gifts and abilities and even talents that you didn't even know that you had within you. But maybe you were always kind of interested in, but you never had the wherewithal to go explore them any further. So... A lot of times, our natural talents and abilities are a hint as to what our spiritual gifts are. So, for example, let's say that you're a gifted singer and you've always had a beautiful singing voice. You've always wanted to sing and that your singing makes people happy 
and feel things that they wouldn't ordinarily feel, know that that is tied to your throat chakra and that you came into this life choosing to utilize that gift so that you could reach people on a soul level and help them heal in some way. I think it's amazing how the, the works of art that people create or how someone can be, you know, a wonderful surgeon. They're just gifted with their hands. They're able to heal people or maybe, for example, they're a gifted painter. They can create these stunning works of art that look so lifelike and realistic or they're abstract art that makes people think and wonder and have open conversation about everybody has a gift and now you would not believe how many people I talk to who say oh I I don't have any spiritual gifts I don't have any natural talent yes you do we are all born with some kind of gift and some kind of talent also know that these gifts and talents have followed you throughout your past life. So you may not have been able to sing in a past life, but perhaps you understood music in a way that not everybody understood. And you maybe you wrote a beautiful piece of music that somebody else was able to play or sing. The possibilities are endless. And just because you can't do it in this lifetime doesn't mean that you haven't in other lifetimes. I think it's incredible how we are able to transcend these things throughout time and space and bring them back into another incarnation. I think it's absolutely miraculous. So your spiritual gifts tie in to your purpose and they're all part of your soul print and know that whenever you are trying to discover your purpose that that's going to come into play also getting to know yourself as I said before when you take away all of the BS and you're left with a blank canvas essentially that is your life and you get to create it how you want then you have the i mean the world is your oyster and you and when you start tuning into your spiritual gifts they will start to lead you because those those gifts are divinely given and living out those gifts helps you live in alignment and once you're in alignment you're living your purpose now, please know that we all have more than one purpose in this lifetime. We are multi-talented, multi-dimensional, multifaceted, and therefore we can't possibly have just one purpose. It would negate our entire nature as human beings. However, the way that I look at it is we have a bunch of small purposes that add up to one big purpose in this life. Now, I wanted to share a little bit about how I came across my own purpose and, as an Akashic Records reader and how the Akashic Records played a role in discovering my purpose. If we go back to the beginning, <laughs> 
not to cover my entire childhood journey, but as a child, I always felt different and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I knew early on that I was able to feel energy and I was able to look at energy in a different way. I could always tell when somebody was lying or not living in their authenticity. And I chose to ignore it a lot of times because I so desperately wanted to be accepted by people around me that I accepted them in the hopes that they would reciprocate. So I lived my life quietly and under the radar for a very long time. And when I was a teenager, I found myself in a rebellious phase, as you do, and I started to investigate and indulge in things that were not exactly accepted in my household. So I would go to the library or the bookstore every chance I got. I, I loved to read. And I would go immediately to the, quote, new age or spiritual section of wherever I was and start reading about these topics that just fascinated me, like astrology, numerology, palmistry, anything that you can think of that resides in that portion of the library. And in my investigation, I came across a man named Edgar Casey. Now, if you've never heard of Edgar Casey, he is what's known as the sleeping prophet, and he would go into these trances and give people the answers to the cures of whatever was ailing them. So, you know, if you needed to have surgery, if you needed a certain kind of medicine, if you needed to heal yourself on an emotional level, like say from depression or anxiety, he knew what to do. And during these trances, come to find out that he was actually channeling the Akashic records and giving people the solutions to their pressing problems. I found this to be absolutely fascinating, especially because of the fact that Edgar Casey grew up a devout Christian. He grew up in Kentucky on a farm, and he was not the best student <laughs> in the schoolhouse. He had difficulties learning, and he didn't have anything past a third grade education. But somehow, he had this ability to lay his head on a book and go to sleep. And when he woke up, he was able to recite everything that was in that book and retain it. It was truly remarkable, especially for that time period. So that he was alive during the late 1800s and early 1900s. And things like this were just unheard of, especially where he was from. So his name spread like wildfire. And people would come from all over the country and all over the world to visit him and ask for his guidance on their health issues. And, of course, people tried to debunk him. Doctors and journalists would come, barge in his home or barge in his place of business. He was actually a photographer for most of his life and questioned these abilities that he had. 
What I think is so fascinating about Edgar Casey's story is that he was just a simple guy, an, an average Joe, if you will, who seemingly didn't have anything really going for him, but he was ordained by God to channel the Akashic Records and help people, which is all he ever wanted to do. He was visited by an angel when he was a child, and he claims that this angel gave him these abilities, and I fully 100% believe him on that. And so Edgar Casey's story is truly remarkable. And if you want to find out more about him, there is so much information available. He has a foundation. He has a website. There's a museum dedicated to him. He has written a slew of books. And he didn't just channel medical information. He also channeled about our past and about our future, about historical events, about Atlantis, Anything you can imagine, he has a channeling regarding that. So I highly recommend that you go visit Edgar Casey and discover what an amazing, beautiful soul this man is and was. So his story deeply inspired me and stuck with me. I was probably about 20 years old whenever I learned about Edgar Casey for the first time. And anytime there was a special about him on TV, I would watch it. If I saw a book about him, I would read it. I just found it all to be truly inspiring. So with all of that <laughs> taken into account, a few years later, I found myself going through my own dark night of the soul. And for the next six or seven years, I went through the gamut. I had so many just life-altering events happen back to back to back. I felt like my world was falling apart. I had people who were in my life who just walked right out of it like it was the easiest thing in the world for them to do. And I just found myself completely uh, what I considered at the time to be broken. I went to therapy. I went to church. I looked for answers everywhere I could. And finally, one day I realized that the answers I was seeking were not outside of me, but within me. And that's another aspect of your awakening that you're going to find is that you can go to therapy all you want to, you can go to church all you want to. You can take all the pills you want to. You can go on all the spiritual retreats that you want to. But at the end of the day, the answer is within. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't do any of those other things. Do what you need to do. But also know that when you get done searching, you're going to find that the answers have been there the entire time. And you're going to feel silly because you were constantly on search for something that you never even had to leave your house to look for. So once I started to come out of my dark night of the soul, I started becoming interested once again in my 
new age uh, spiritual subjects of astrology, numerology. Um, not that I was ever not interested in those things, but for a long time that I just did not have my attention on them because I was so busy trying to hold myself together, keep myself from falling apart into a million pieces. And it led me back around to Mr. Casey, who I have just always felt this deep connection with. Even though, of course, I never knew him. He died long before I was born, (laughs) but he was also just there. His essence was there in my life on some level. But during my dark night of the soul, my spiritual gifts just completely amplified. And I discovered that I had clairsentience, clairaudience, and clairvoyance. And I was able to hear messages from otherworldly beings. So I was communicating with deceased loved ones, ancestors, guides, and of course I didn't share this with anybody because I felt like everybody would think I was crazy. That is another part of your spiritual awakening is everybody thinks you're insane and you feel insane. But you start at some point kind of accepting that maybe you are insane and this is just how it is now. (laughs) If anybody understands what I mean, please let me know. So once I got past my dark night of the soul and I was coming out of it and I started to embrace my spiritual gifts and delve into that aspect of myself, I let go of a lot of fear I let go of a lot of things that were holding me back. I started to embrace my life and embrace who I am. And that allowed me space to start to discover my purpose. So back in 2008, I had actually started a photography business, which is ironic because Edgar Casey was a photographer. That was his day job. And that was just a coincidence. I did not become a photographer because Edgar Casey was a photographer. However, I still really loved all things art, all things paintings, photography, visualization. So I wondered, I was like, well, you know, I wonder if this, you know, this photography business is my purpose. I started to become kind of disenchanted with it a little bit, just because whenever you're pursuing your passion as your business, sometimes that does happen. You can find yourself kind of burnt out on what you're doing and lacking in inspiration. So you have to kind of step away from those things in order to look for other options or maybe a new way of doing what you're doing that kind of reignites your passion. And in that process, once again, coming out of my dark night of the soul, I started to read up again about the Akashic Records. And Mr. Edgar Cayce came back into my life. And not that he'd ever left, but I investigated how to read the Akashic Records. And almost as if by magic, I was 
flooded with all of this information and guidance from my guides who said, yes, 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 you're supposed to read the Akashic Records. <laughs> Here, let me help you. And I began to just seem seemingly effortlessly find information that I needed in order to read my Akashic Records. Now, the Akashic Records are a sacred thing. Edgar Casey calls it God's Book of Remembrance, and I always thought that that was so incredibly beautiful and a, the best way to describe it, because it is. It's everything that has ever been written ever in the history of ever. It's every emotion that's been felt. It's every life that you've lived. It's every place that you've been. It's overwhelmingly beautiful and it's just like those photos in photo albums that we cherish so much it is our history it is what we can look back on and so I began practicing reading my Akashic records and I will say that the first time I went into my records I was overwhelmed and I was nervous and scared. And most of the time, my clients will tell me that I'm nervous, I'm scared. Please know that when you go into your Akashic Records, there is nothing but love and peace surrounding it. The information may not be always pleasant. Our past lives may not be idealistic. <laughs> but please know that when you are in the Akashic Records, there is no judgment, there is nothing but solidarity and support from your guides. The first time I went into my records, I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt and was confirmed by my guides that this is what I was meant to do. I just had this innate knowing. And they told me, thank you. Thank you for doing the work. Thank you for being here. This is what you're supposed to do. We are so happy you're here. We're so glad that you're here. And they are. They genuinely are. They, they want to talk to us. They are our guides. Our guides are like our best friends. Truly. And you will never... <laughs> You will, you will never get hate or shade from your guides, so please know that. So, and in investigating my purpose and investigating the things that I, quote, shouldn't have been interested in based off of what, how I grew up and, and the way that I was raised and the projections that I was subjected to, Despite all of that, I was still able to find my purpose, and you can too. I'm so grateful and honored to be an Akashic Records reader. I take my job extremely seriously, even though we might share a few laughs while we're doing our readings. Our guides are hilarious, by the way. Please know that... You will always be met with love. There is nothing but love. And the darkness that exists in our world and beyond our world cannot touch that. 
Um, the Akashic Records are ordained by God and they are sacred. And they cannot be corrupted because they just are. They just, they exist. They are what they are and they can't be anything else. And so don't worry if you've never had an Akashic Records reading. And if you ever feel called to have an Akashic Records reading, know that there is nothing, absolutely nothing to fear. One other thing that I want to mention when it comes to our spiritual journey and learning about our spiritual gifts is that the universe is still going to keep you humble. <laughs> so as much as our guides want us to be empowered and encouraged and confident in our abilities and grow these things, we are still souls having a human experience and part of that human experience is to remain humble in ourselves and knowing that there is room for error you know a lot of times we're hard on ourselves because we think that we're supposed to do everything right we're supposed to be perfect and we're not supposed to make any kind of mistake especially when it comes to something as reverent as being spiritual or on a spiritual journey but please know that you don't have to take it that seriously all the time we have space held for us at all times as we explore this aspect of ourselves especially if we've never explored it before it is a beautiful safety net if you will so don't beat yourself up too much if you find yourself frustrated or you feel like you're not quite reaching where you want to reach at this time and that it does get better i remember the first time i tried to read well actually the first and second time i tried to read the akashic records for somebody else i was met with resistance from this person's guides and i was so mortified i thought that i had done something wrong and I just was not able to access them. It was the strangest thing. And so I felt really anxious and I felt a lot of fear surrounding my ability, even though my guides assured me that this was something that I was, I was able to do and that I was meant to do. So after the third time, third time was the charm. I was able to finally access this person's Akashic Records and it was such a beautiful, affirming reading. Um, it deeply, deeply resonated with this person and we were both moved to tears by just the overwhelming emotion that was experienced within the records. And it let my guides let me know that the reason why I, was, I wasn't able to access them had nothing to do with me. They also wanted me to trust in my abilities, and this was one way that I was going to be able to trust because once I did do the reading and I, once I was able to facilitate the connection, it was like magic. <laughs> and it was extremely reaffirming for 
both myself and the person that I was reading for. And I'm so grateful that this person gave me the opportunity to be able to do that for them. It was a huge, significant part in my awakening, and it's been a significant part in my journey because I know now that by doing all of the work and experiencing all of the things that I did, I was able to come to this place where I'm at now. So I'm going to leave my story there, place a bookmark there for another time. And in my next episode, I will be having a guest. So I'm really excited about that and I cannot wait to share all of the wonderfulness and beauty that this person exudes. I'm going to keep them a mystery for now. <laughs> and also, I'm so grateful that you shared this space with me today and allowed me to share my story. I hope that it resonates with you and I'm happy to answer questions for anybody anytime you can send me a DM through Instagram. My handle is akashic underscore Beck, or you can visit akashicbeck.com and send me a message. Just feel free to ask any questions that you have and feel free to leave a review. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with those that you care about. You can find me on a whole bunch of different <laughs> modalities now, um, uh, more specifically Anchor and Spotify and iTunes and Google and Breaker, I believe is one of them. There are so many different places where you can experience this podcast. I want to thank everyone who has been supportive of me in this dream of mine. And I hope you will continue to follow along and join the conversation as we start to discover what makes our soul print so beautiful, so unique, and so personable to us. I hope you all have a blessed week and tune in next time on Soul Prints.